1: at LuckyLandSlots.com
2: Available to players in the U.S. Excluding Washington and Michigan No purchase necessary VGW Group Void
1: were prohibited by law 18 plus Terms and conditions apply I'm here to ask you one question And one question only What's your point? What's your point? What's your point? What's your point? So what's your point? What's your point? What's your point? What's your point, man? What's your point? What's your point? What's your point?
3: This is What's
2: Your Point? What's your Point? point?
1: What was his point? I have no idea
2: Dude, I don't get it. I don't get it either. And now, here are your hosts, Dalvin
3: Osorio.
1: This doesn't matter what your name is!
3: And Polly
2: Brzez. Do I have everybody's attention now? On
3: Turn on the Jets Digital. Welcome to What's Your Point? It's your weekly New York Jets debate show. We like to say it's like PTI, but edgier. And with only Jets topics, my name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. I will be the moderator for this affair, so let me introduce you to your combatants. Our first competitor is so smart that Adam Gase actually asks him for advice on football. It's true. If he's more brilliant than Adam Gase, how much more brilliant could he be in anyone's mind? He's a senior (laughs) writer at TurnOnTheJets.com, Mr. Dalbin Asario. Dalbin, what's going on, man?
4: Doing good, man. Uh, Fresh off of getting Adam Gase a new job that he did not deserve, so I'm happy to be back on What's Your Point to uh, reclaim my crown, because I've been off for the last couple weeks.
3: Ooh, Dalbin coming out firing right away, and (laughs) I should say, by the way, you can follow Dalbin on Twitter, at DA underscore Asario, and his opponent this week is... They say he's like the Wegmans of Instagram because he just gives you the most insane variety that you'll find anywhere. He <laughs> runs the Turn on the Jets Instagram account at turn on the Jets underscore IG, and you can follow him at Greg Armstrong underscore. He also writes some great columns for turnonthejets.com. Mr. Greg Armstrong. Greg, what's going on, man?
5: What's up? Next time you ask me to come on, like tell me that I'm going to go up against Dalvin mm-hmm. because then I can make up an excuse and not you know get my teeth kicked in by Dolvin <laughs> as i usually do i
4: mean that's, what paul, that's why paul is not on right now he, yeah. <laughs> <That's
3: the
5: time. laughs> Scott's like you want to do a podcast I'm like yeah sure and then Dal- i hear Dolvin's voice and i'm just like like why? like why
3: it's like you're a heavyweight in the late 80s and i say to you hey you want to have a fight on hbo sure and then you show up and it's mike tyson standing there waiting for you
5: yeah it's <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I can, I can hear it in Dobbin's voice. He's ready to just rip someone to shreds, and I'm just I'm here.
3: should see him. He's got the boxing gloves on right now. He's like yeah. Tyson. He's got the black shoes, the black trunks, no socks. He's ready for battle, <laughs> and that's why we've got a great special guest judge this week. He knows being on the air like I know losing hair. It's true. I've pulled so much of my hair out because of the Jets <laughs> over the years. He's the afternoon host over at the Score 1260 in Syracuse, and, of course, a member of Turn on the Jets Digital with his podcast, The Jet Zone, Mr. Paul Estin, a.k.a. Boy Green. What's going on, Paul?
0: Well, thank you so much for having me. And, wow, it must have taken you a while to write that intro, so I really appreciate it.
3: I go all out for these intros, Paul. Everybody knows that. Dalbin, didn't you say that I would be your PR rep? Damn straight. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see if you guys can live up to my intros with what you have to say this week on the show. We're going to get into these debate topics in just a second. But first, let me explain the rules in case you're listening for the first time or you forgot This is how it works. We go four rounds, and it's going to be in presidential debate format, or I should say modified presidential debate format. You will hear one person talk for a minute, then you'll hear a one-minute rebuttal, and then a rebuttal of the rebuttal for 60 seconds. We will go four rounds. If we're tied at the end of the four rounds, then we will go to a sudden death overtime. At that point, Paul, who is our judge, will come up with a question that only he knows. I don't know it. Dalbin doesn't know it not even Greg knows it, even though Greg and Paul have that Syracuse connection. He won't know what the question is, and so Paul will be the one that asks it and will be the judge, jury, and executioner. But that is, of course, if we get to the overtime period as far as the judging criteria i always say it's the two s's and the two c's style and substance color and command so it's not just about who makes the correct point it's about how they make that correct point so as we know trash talking and entertainment value very big here on what's your point so those are the things that paul will be looking for so let's start with the topic that is the number one topic with any Jets fan right now. And it's this. The Jets hired Adam Gase, who was dismissed as head coach of the Miami Dolphins after three seasons. He comes in here to take over for Todd Bowles, who was fired on New Year's Eve after the Jets lost their season finale. So the big question, of course, is did the Jets get it right with Adam Gase? We'll start with you, Dalvin.
4: I'm going to say that they did not get it right with Adam Gase. I think one of the things that I made sure to do, because, uh, you know, TOJ as a whole is repeatedly accused of having an agenda for negativity. (laughs) I made sure to give the Jets excessive props because I did think that they were handling the search well, right? They were casting a wide net. They went to the college route. They requested an interview with Matt Campbell from ISU and they, and you know, the, the school said, no, they, they wanted, they were interested in Matt rule. They wanted Cliff Kingsbury. They wanted coordinators. They wanted special teams coaches. They wanted quarterback coaches. They, they wanted retreats. They t- went after everybody. And then you settle on Adam Gates. And I th- I think for me, I, I'm a big Peyton Manning fan. He is the greatest quarterback that I've ever seen, like myself. Now, again, that doesn't mean he's the greatest of all time. He's the greatest one that I've ever seen in terms of just, just balling out of his mind. And Adam Gase has now parlayed his time with Peyton Manning into not one, but two head coaching jobs that he did not deserve. And it's just mind boggling to me because jet fans will sit there and they'll bash the dolphins for how bad they've been over the last few years. But then suddenly we get Adam Gase and he's the right hire. It just doesn't make any sense. It's like, if I told you Scott, Hey, listen, man, we're going to play this lottery ticket, but you're only going to get $2, even if I win $2 million. And it's just, it's a joke (laughs) to me, but no, I think they got it bad.
3: I thought Dalbin was going to go full LeBron James there. Not one, not two, not three. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it was coming. It was coming. I'll tell you that much.
3: <laughs> That's Dolbin's point. Greg, what's your point?
5: When you look at this organization and the way that they handle things, um, for as much as we wanted them to make a splash coaching hire from the college ranks or get the, uh, the, the, a coach like McCarthy who has this you know so-called ton of experience, I think they got it right with with a healthy balance, all things considered. I mean, you for as much as we wanted a college coach like Matt Rule or Cliff Kingsbury, I think the experience of, of those guys and and not having mostly worked with a guy like Darnold, they could have been, you know, one of those things where we don't get the full value of Darnold and on his rookie contract. And I think with Gase, you kind of get that in between with he's got experience, he led the Dolphins to the playoffs. With Matt Moore, of all people, who's a jet killer. Um, but I think, I think they got it right in the fact that he was based. I mean, the hot thing now is who's going to be the next Sean McVay or whatever. I mean, he was technically Sean McVay before Sean McVay. So I would say they got it right with Gase um, as opposed to getting it, as opposed to just flaming out and having the fan base be up in arms as they've been in the past couple of days.
3: It's your rebuttal.
5: I think saying that Adam Gase was Sean McVay before Sean McVay is,
4: like, saying that, like... (laughs) Uh, that Harold Miner was LeBron James before LeBron James. That's what I that Like I think that that's I think that that's a terror. That's and again, Greg's not the only one that's tried to spin it that way. Greg is not the only one. I've heard so many fans say, "Man, yeah, we finally got a coach in here." You know who was really the first one, like the first coming, like the the native son returning, the prodigal son returning. It's a joke. Listen, man, his offenses in Miami were stale. I get that Ryan Tannehill is terrible, right? But that's the co- that's the quarterback that he also doubled down and paid money to it reeks very much of Chip Kelly taking the job with the 49ers after the Eagles let him go or Rex Ryan going to the Bills after we let him go like it just seems like a guy who has an axe to grind and again he can hire an all-star asshole staff and it still has the potential to blow up because he is terrible with players again a lot of people wanted to point to the fact that oh well Frank Gore took walk Frank Gore you know uh, walked back the the complaints of Adam Gase yeah sure because Frank Gore's never had a bad word to say about anybody but guess what? Players called him emotional. Imagine that. Imagine a guy who Sam Darnold is dealing, right? Ten straight completions against New England, right? We're, we're, we're driving towards the AFC Championship, and then he elects to give the ball to Isaiah Crowell four times because that's the kind of stuff he did in Miami. No thanks, man. They got it wrong.
3: Harold Miner, baby Jordan when he first baby came Baby
4: Jordan, in. if you will. <laughs> we don't know how that turned out.
3: Oh, boy. Paul, you heard from Greg. You heard from Dalvin. What do you think? Who gets round one?
0: You know, uh, it felt like I just saw, like, the before and after of, like, a Subway commercial. And uh, the before was what we all thought, that Adam Gase was, like, this loser. The Jets, quote, settled for him. And then the Greg, I think, brought up the rationalization of Jet fans. All right, all right, this is it. All right, got to accept this. Let's try to find the positive. And I think, ultimately, I'm going to ride with Greg here. And the big thing for me is why I, I think I'm going to go with Greg is... The reason that people consider uh, Adam Gase Sean McVay before Sean McVay is not – the whole point is that he was the – at the time, he's 40 years old now. So this was three years ago. He was the 37-year-old guy who was supposed to be the offensive wizard. And sure, I I give Dolvin credit for the Pate Manning crap because that's the thing that uh, it seems like a lot of people are riding on. But the one thing I will give Gase, Gase credit and Greg credit for is that in each of those years where he had established – guys and Peyton Manning, Jay Cutler, and Ryan Tannehill, guys who are already what they were, they did have their best years under him, and you can blame the video game numbers that he gets a lot of completions on short uh on short passes and things of that nature but I think just Greg did a good job of explaining himself.
2: Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing chumba casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the overtime podcast network. Greg off to a
3: good start. So how about this? Spinks landing some punches against Tyson early on.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> As we move on to topic number two. And that is this The Jets did hire Adam Gase But reports were that the Jets were very interested In hiring Matt Rule, the head coach at Baylor But the big sticking point Is that they wanted to pick his staff for him Matt Rule did not want to do that And so that was the big thing That sent the parties in opposite directions In fact, Matt Rule has come out now And basically confirmed that by saying He doesn't believe in arranged marriages So here's the question Matt Rule, a guy who is a well-regarded college coach But no experience at the NFL level so were the jets right to insist on having control over who would be on rule staff or was rule right to tell them to take a hike we'll start with greg Uh, this time
5: with matt rule i mean i get that he's he's had the guys for baylor and he's had the guys for temple but at the same time the nfl is a, a completely different ball game and for a first time nfl head coach like the jump from college to the nfl it's not this just this seamless transition that happens, like you go from you know coaching a bunch of kids to basically being the head of billion dollar corporations, and i think I think the Jets were right in you know wanting to have some say in what he had, and from all the reports I saw was that you know rule gave a list of guys, and the jets just weren't happy with it and if you 're a team, I mean you know the pressure's on for this team, you know you have Donald under a rookie contract, you know you know the g m is probably not going to be here for a while. I would say they were right in, you know, leaving no stone unturned with, uh, with rule.
3: That's Greg's point. Dalvin, what's your point?
5: I think that if, Greg, if you invited me over to your house
4: and you said, hey, man, listen, I'm going to have the whole <laughs> TOJ crew over and I'm going to cook. And I said to you, oh, that's awesome, man. But listen, Scott's going to bring his own celery. I'm going to bring my <laughs> own lettuce. Dan is going to bring his own jollof rice and we Invited Boy Green up and he's Bringing his own salsa so you have to use our Ingredients but you can still cook right mm-hmm. I think that you would Absolutely not want us over your house and that's kind of how I view that I kind of view that as that like if I'm interviewing a coach I would like to think right I would like to think and you know our main man Carl you know hit this on the head or whatever I would like to think that you're going to trust me to make this meal I find it kind of hysterical that they viewed Matt Rule as a good enough coach to interview but not a good enough coach to let him pick his assistants and again so many people are harping on this as like it's standard practice in the NFL and I, I I can see that in a way but there's something very different and again based we're just going based off what we know there's something very different about me saying hey Greg maybe you should try cilantro instead of Chipotle sauce right that's something versus me saying no Greg you have to do this or I'm leaving I'm not eating this meal and I feel like that's what the Jets did with Rule and I find it kind of amateurish i find it a little insane that a front office with no credibility had the nerve to to do that um and i feel they were wrong in not acquiescing to him
5: hiring his own guys
3: greg your rebuttal
5: Galvin, pal i love you but if you think that if you want to come over and you expect me to cook first off and it, second <laughs> off, if you expect me to have an act, any of the actual ingredients, like that's on you. <laughs> okay. First off, let's, let's just, let's just get that out of the way. There's no, like you, you're going to want to be yelling at me to add things because I have absolutely no clue what I'm doing in the kitchen. But no, I mean, I mean, with a, with, with an organization, yeah, that has had the lack of credibility for, for so many years, I think this is good for them to kind of just be, you know, not cater because what they've done usually is they cater to the fan base and they cater to the media. And the big media thing was they wanted rule or they wanted Kingsbury. And I think they did a good job in not catering and not caving in and being like, okay, well, we have to go all in on these guys. I think they did a a good job in leaving no stone unturned with, with what they did with, uh, with rule.
3: I don't know who's going to win this point, but I will say Dalbin, you have now made me hungry for Joloff rice. So thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we- <laughs> Dan sold
5: us a couple weeks ago on that too so Thank, you. Thanks for that, Dalvin He really You're did, welcome, he
3: sold guys. me so much He made it sound like a wonderland of food So I'm going to have to go yeah, out and get fantastic. this Off rice it is,
4: it is fantastic Listen, when, when we move into this house We will invite you guys over And Dan has to bring the Joloff rice <laughs> yeah.
3: I feel like he's not allowed over Unless he brings it
4: that's it, 100%. <laughs> That's kind of like Matt, kind of like Matt Rule, right? Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we wait for Dan to bring his Joloff Rice, let's see what Paul thinks about who won round number two. What do you say, Paul?
0: Yeah, you know, it's for me, it's not just me picking who I agree with because if that was the case, it would be Greg on the point that I feel like with the lack of success of college coaches, when you look at the only guys that really had success, when you look at guys like uh, Bill O'Brien and uh, Harbaugh uh, – who have come up from the college ranks and had success in the pros outside of that, everyone's been a colossal failure. So, you know, I understand why the Jets would want to say, all right, so all these guys have failed before. why don't we give you a little help and jump in? But the reason why I'm going to give this to Dolvin is because it's funny that uh, all of this connective tissue is here. That Adam Gates is the first head coach of Jets have since Bill Parcells, who've, who's had prior head coaching experience. And I think I remember back in the day, Bill Parcells used to say, if they want you to cook the dinner, at least they ought to let you shop for some of the groceries. And uh, for that, Dolphin with the ingredients. I like the point. I like that. And I'm also hungry now. So uh, I'll give it to
3: you. (laughs) Ooh, Dolphin tying it up. And by the way, Paul, just worth noting, you said that everybody outside of Jim Harbaugh and Bill O'Brien has been a miserable failure. Jimmy Johnson would like a word.
4: And Pete Carroll. (laughs)
3: as we move along to topic number three tied at 1-1 it's this mike mccarthy according to mike francesa was the choice of 90 percent of jets fans (laughs) he was a very divisive choice actually mike so maybe you don't have your finger on the pulse of jets fans there were some people that really really wanted him some people that were lukewarm some people that really didn't want him but He was a serious candidate at one point, according to reports. So same reports say that McCarthy basically told the Jets that he wanted a godfather offer. In other words, either the Jets would meet all the demands that he had in terms of salary control, so on and so forth, or he would sit out the year. So if this is true, do you have more or less respect for Mike McCarthy than you did coming into this search? Greg, we'll start with you.
5: I did not want McCarthy coming in for the jets at, like at, at any cost, but the fact that he basically, you know, whipped it out and threw it on the table and was like, <laughs> listen, you're going to give me what I want. And this is exactly what I want. And it's some ridiculous amount of money or control or whatever. And if you don't want it, if you don't want to give this to me, then I'm out like that, that, that puts the, that puts the team in a somewhat tough position because it's like, Oh, we need a coach and McCarthy knows he's probably not going to be able to get a ton of money. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, it's like the Chris Paul thing where he's just trying to get that last big contract. He seems to be, keep getting the last big contracts, but it's one of those things where you just want to get that last bag. And McCarthy, I respect the hell out of that from McCarthy, just laying it all out on the table and just being like, Hey, look, I want all of these things. If you can't meet my demands, you know, see ya. I'm just going to hang out with my family for a year.
3: That's Greg's point. Dolbin, what's your point? I think in the
5: era of
4: delusional requests, Mike McCarthy going into the Jets office and laying it on the table for Mike McCagnon and Chris Johnson and saying, listen, you know what you need to do. And Chris Johnson and Mike McCagnin, knowing that it wasn't very impressive what he put on the table, I think I have less respect for Mike McCarthy. I think for me, man, I think Mike McCarthy, again, your last couple of years haven't been really good. You alienated... Arguably the most talented quarterback of all time, um, which again just makes you just like his family, as it, it seems. Um, but you have very little credibility to come in there and demand this kind of offer that would have appeased ninety percent of the fan base, you know? Because of course he doesn't lie. Francesco doesn't lie. Um, I think I think it's a, I think it's a joke. I have less respect for that because I think for me, if it was me in that situation, I would want to. If if I wanted to prove that I, that I was not a product of Aaron Rodgers. Working with Sam Darnold, a young ascending quarterback, or working with a young quarterback like Baker Mayfield, because we alluded to the Cleveland Browns offer earlier, I think that's what I would do because at the very least, I get to work with a young quarterback and – even if, I'm a bad court, even if I'm a bad coach, I get to ride the coattails of a quarterback that's going to be good into a couple of playoff appearances, which, again, rehabilitates my legacy. That way I'm not just the guy who rode Aaron Rodgers for, you know, for one Super Bowl and all those playoff wins. So I have less respect for him for that because it feels like, it feels like he knew good and damn well he wasn't going to get it. And he just figured, hey, man, if I put this out there, at the very least it shows that I was really committed to doing this. But I have less respect for him for that.
5: Greg, your rebuttal. There's something to be said about non-self-aware people. At some point, it's—I mean—it reaches a point where it's just very annoying. But then it gets to a point where you kind of have to just respect like how not self-aware people are. Um, Mike McCarthy, I think, fits that bill. At some point, it's—it's—it gets to a point where it's like being like so bad at your job that you have, to, you have to almost respect that you are that bad at your job because you can't fathom, like, someone actually being that bad. And I think for McCarthy, it's like, listen, I screwed up What uh, my tenure with arguably the greatest quarterback that's ever played the sport. I've only won one Super Bowl with him. I basically burned that bridge into the ground. And now he's like, hey, I'm the godfather here. Give me all that I want. Like, Yeah, I respect the hell out of that. Do I agree with it? No, but I respect the hell out of it. I at least probably wouldn't laugh at him if I was in the meeting room. But, yeah, I respect McCarthy after this.
2: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
3: We're tied 1-1. Somebody's going to take the lead here. Who's it going to be, Paul?
0: Well, uh, first off, Greg, thank you for the vivid imagery of Mike McCarthy laying his wang on the (laughs) deck. (laughs) I really appreciate that. Uh, Well, I'm going to be honest, Alvin. You could have said anything, but after the wang reference, I guess I'm going to just have to give that to Greg. I mean, to be honest with you, (laughs) it's, it's... it, it's, it's one of two things here. Okay. Cause obviously Mike McCarthy was confident enough, uh, in his, uh, sack to be able to lay it on the table <laughs> and for the Jetson Mike McCagan and Christopher Johnson to look at his wang, look at each other, whisper each other, point and saying, well, I guess you kind of see what's going on here. And then ultimately, so it's either Mike McCarthy must have a huge sack. God bless him. Or he's confident enough in his small sack. It feels good about it. I think either way, that's a plus.
4: I, I guess I guess we should send you know congratulations to his wife then. You
5: Who know, so don't send his lady on the big on the big wang? Your man has. I wonder why McCarthy walks around like a stallion all the time. I can
3: finally see why.
5: Exactly, exactly. It's a gift <laughs> and a curse, guys. It's
3: a gift <laughs> <and> a curse. <laughs> I should preface this episode at the beginning by saying that if you have young children riding with you in the car, you may want to listen to this at another time. <laughs> it would be one of those parental warning labels on the front of it if this was a CD back in the day. Greg has gone up two to one, though, so he has a chance to put old Mike Tyson down. Are we looking at a oh, no. Buster Douglas, Mike don't Tyson situation here? I don't know. It could happen as we head to our final topic and. the the topic is this: On Wednesday, everybody was talking about somebody named Carl Abramson, who is a young kid, a high school kid out of Massachusetts. Why were they talking about him? Because he tweeted out with confidence that he had a source with the Jets that assured him that Matt Rule of the Jets was a done deal. People like Damian Woody picked up on this. A lot of other people did. We were all joking about it. To turn on the Jets. People were wondering what was going to happen because Carl said that at 6 p.m. something was going to happen. Nothing did. not in fact, about an hour later, Adam Gase was hired as the head coach. So here's the question. Carl appeared on the podcast with me. He said he had a source. In Florham Park, didn't say who, obviously, but that that source was credible and that he has given him stuff in the past and that he very much believes that what he was told was true but got derailed because of what we talked about earlier with Rule not wanting to accept somebody else telling him who to be on his staff. Do you think that Carl is on the level and all that is true, or is he a secret Patriots fan (laughs) living in Massachusetts and he was just trying to troll Jets fans? We'll start with Dalvin this time
4: in an era where the Eric Decker signing was broken by somebody like some random fan on Reddit and where, you know, this isn't, this isn't like a a staff of magazine writers breaking Coney Ely resigning. This isn't that. (laughs) This is not that. This is a young, handsome debonair of an 18 year old who Had a source because, again, I'm not surprised he would have a source in the Jets front office that 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 front office leaks things like nobody's business. And I, again, piecing everything together and we probably will never know the the true extent of it. But piecing everything that we've heard together. Yeah, I believe that Carl the machine had a legit source and that rule was going to be the head coach if he just sucked it up and became a yes man not sucked it up you know i know that's a poor reference after mccarthy's wang (laughs) (laughs) and i think ultimately i think carl had a source i think he i think he was dead on i think that it's gonna be it's gonna blow people's minds when we bring him on TOJ and he becomes the next generation of dominance that we have now, you know, created with this digital empire. But I think Carl had absolutely a source and I think he was spot on and had rules said yes to the conditions the Jets put forth on him, he'd
5: be the head coach and he'd be having
4: his press conference on Monday.
3: That's Dolbin's point. Greg, what's your point?
5: As much as I love Carl, I even made a video for Carl. Took time out of my day to to bring Carl um, into this video. I at this in this day and age, it's kind of easy to to make these kind of things up. I will say though, I did feel like Rocky when it it, it came out that Rule wasn't going to be the coach, but instead of yelling Adrian, I was like Carl. <laughs> and but it was like it was one of those it was one of those things where I think it it, it kind of got swept up with you know. One of, it was one of those days where we were all in on Rule because Kingsbury was out. I mean, you had the one girl saying, just spoke to Matt Rule, saying, I'm still in Waco. And then she <laughs> comes back and says, I need to clarify. I was next to Matt Rule at a red light, and I asked him a question. And it's like, eh, these are two completely <laughs> different things. So I, 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 think, I think Carl got in at a good time, and just <laughs> Twitter just took it and ran with it. So Carl, I love you, pal. Um, but I'm going to say you didn't have a source
3: to <laughs> in your rebuttal. I
5: think that, listen, I think that
4: Carl is the new star of jets, Twitter. And, and as such, we need to let him come to us as TOJ and put it on the table so we can make him a godfather offer. Because again, <laughs> I think he was spot on guys. I think, listen, I think that for an 18 year old kid who, again, is by all accounts, you know, cause Scott doesn't vouch for just everybody. You know, he doesn't like Kyle. So we know he doesn't <laughs> like He vouched for this kid, for Killer Carl, Carl the Machine. He vouched for him. And I just, I think that again, in this era, there are so many different ways to break news, right? Like I, I, like we've gotten information even that maybe we don't run with or whatever the case may be. I think he was spot on, man. I think that Carl, in Carl we trust. In Carl we trust. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with you, Carl.
3: Paul, before I go to you, Greg brought up that reporter in Waco who said that she stopped at a red light and asked Matt Rule a question randomly and that he said, no, I'm still in Waco. That seems like an odd thing to say. Like, if somebody pulls up next to me and asks me a question, I'm not going to say, well, I'm still here in New York because obviously you are right across from me. You would know that I'm still here in New York. What a bizarre report that was. I just have to throw that out there as we now go to Paul for the deciding factor. Is Greg going to win this in regulation or are we going to overtime?
0: You know, the interesting thing is, is the more this conversation goes, it seems like a new technique that everyone who listens to this podcast is going to try is going into their boss's office and laying their junk on the table. And asking for an extension. So I'm, I'm glad that's been the biggest takeaway so far. Uh, I'll let you guys know how that technique goes next Monday. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, uh, I gotta. I, I think that while this has been a heated battle and the final standings will not di- will not display how close this battle was, i got to give it to Greg. Uh, I think ultimately, not only the competition, in, in general, denial is not just a river in Egypt. I think Carl just said, all right, man, I'm saying I have a source. I'm going to ride with it, and I'm just going to keep denying, denying, denying everyone else who says that, that I'm wrong and I don't have a source. I'm just going to ride with it. I do agree, though, with Dalvin that I think yeah, he's going to be the next car at the OJ.
3: Look at that, Greg, the big upset. You were coming in here all scared, but you got the win over the big, bad Dalvin. How do you feel, man?
5: I'm only doing shows where Paul is the judge from now on I want that, I want that on the record <laughs> That's great putting his junk on the table You're goddamn right it is <laughs> I don't want to
3: claim any conspiracies All I'm going to say is Greg from the Syracuse area Paul from the Syracuse area mm. hmm. Little Jim you know, Beam magic bit. going on there. Hmm.
4: It's like it's like the Jimmy Sexton conspiracy <laughs> of the nineties. Greg, talk your smack, man. You won. Congratulations. That's,
3: that's right, because the rules of the game stipulate that the winner gets thirty seconds to say whatever he wants. So, Greg, the floor is yours, sir.
5: Wow. Um, well, I didn't really have a speech prepared for this because Dalvin usually rips me limb from limb uh, in these games, but. Uh, I don't know. I guess just follow the uh, the turn on the jets Instagram. I think that's really my main point that I'm going to be hammering home um, at turn on the jets underscore ig. Uh, we're going to have a lot of good content coming out in leading up to the drafts and post draft and free agency and all that stuff. Uh, we're almost at 2,500 followers, so go follow that and um, follow all the turn on the jets writers because this is you know sticking with the theme of the show: free agency and the draft is where we whip our dicks out, throw them on the table, and tell people to mess with us. And they usually don't. So looking forward to uh, killing it, as always, in content uh, going into free agency in the draft this year.
3: I can't believe how many references that we've managed to get out to. I had to keep it up. The genitalia Uh, in this episode. This is absolutely incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Paul is probably going to be fired from his afternoon sports (laughs) job now once this gets released but Paul if that does happen hopefully somebody will give you a better job kind of like what happened with Adam Gase so why don't you go ahead and give out your information for those that are unfamiliar with you or want to get more acquainted with your podcast and your afternoon radio show
0: I, I guess I have a lot more time to do these podcasts now but yes Paul my, uh, nickname is Boy Green. You can hit me up on all social medias, branding, Boy Green 25. It's all the same on all the different social media accounts. I do a weekly New York Jets podcast, part of the TOJ Digital Network, the Jets out every Wednesday. And our latest episode is, uh, has three great guests, uh, Joe Caparoso, of course, all you guys know, Benjamin Albright, a good friend of mine. He's an NFL insider, our mini Adam Schefter, and then, uh, Brian Miller of, uh, FinFanatic.com to give us, the inside he has people in the building he's been in the building he's covered gays the last three years and he gave an honest assessment which is all i could ask for so that was the latest episode episode drops every wednesday
3: paul thank you so much for coming on really appreciate you taking the time to judge this week and thank you for listening to what's your point
1: i have exercised the demons
0: this house is clear